Welcome back to another episode of Free Basketball. I am your host, one Ryan Meadows, and I am joined by always as one of my co-hosts, Mr. Dallas Cowboys himself, Daniel Gray. How are you? I'm okay. Um, I, I have no sound on. I'm having to listen to you knuckleheads instead of listening to uh, Chris Collinsworth, another knucklehead. So I'm here. <laughs> I was about to say, you're welcome for the break <laughs> from Chris Collinsworth. Right. Well, let me tell you what we got going on here, Daniel. <laughs> that other pleasant voice you hear in your ears is one Mr. Cody Holsey. How is Kansas City Chief life coming off an NFL championship? It's pretty good. You know, I wake up in the morning and I piss excellence. <laughs> I'm the best there is, plain and simple. How are the restaurants during that first game? Uh, Good. I was at home. <laughs> you weren't working? I thought you were working. No, I didn't work on Thursday. Oh, I thought you worked and you were worried about it being slammed for the game. I thought you said that. No, I didn't work and I was worried about it. Oh, uh, my bad. While the cat's away, well. the mice will play. <laughs> <laughs> Back to what we are... Wait, am I the cat? Yeah. <laughs> you're, the man, you're the dog. I mean, the, no, not dog. Wait, cat, whatever. So I'm not a cat. I'm a dog. <laughs> Anyway, I'm done talking. I I, this metaphor is broken down. Let's move this on. A, Back to basketball. This podcast Anyways, sucks. We are here <laughs> Dude, to talk about me. basketball. We are going to be talking about the Eastern Conference Finals since we finally had the mas- matchup of the Boston Celtics versus the Miami Heat. We're also going to introduce a new segment that I'm going to save, and it's going to be a surprise for the end for the guys. I just made this up myself because I want to talk about something specific. So... I had to kind of pretend like there's going to be a new fun segment game just to get them involved and a little excited. Hmm. I wish we could have talked about the Western Conference Finals in this episode too, but of course, the Clippers pulled an okey-doke on everybody and decided to be terrible for 24 minutes. So that game is going to Game 7. So we'll not be breaking down that Conference Finals tonight, but we will be doing that in the next couple days because we want to... Of course, give free basketball input to this and make some bold predictions like we always do. And usually we like to be right. So hopefully we'll be right with this one. Here's the episode. Hope everyone enjoys. Celtics versus the Heat. Celtics were 2-0 against the Heat in the regular season. Now Tatum was injured for one and the other one, Hayward and Drogic were out. The Heat won the one game they played in the bubble. Jimmy Butler did not play. Marcus Smart was terrible and fouled out in 15 minutes. So, I don't know if you can really take anything from that. I feel like we've talked about this before in previous rounds, how maybe none of this is any kind of precursor. You can gain any knowledge from these matchups at all. Uh, But at least... They've played each other enough, right, to be kind of familiar with what each other does. So it's not going to be a surprise, you know, like in the finals when whoever we pick here plays whoever from Western Conference. Like, it's not going to be like they haven't seen each other. They're very familiar with each other. So the other thing I think of is it will also be a whole week since the Heat have last played because this game is going to be on Tuesday. That's game one of the Eastern Conference Finals. Celtics, you know I love to pick the game seven closest to turnaround 
than the team that has been off for a week. You know that is my favorite pick to make. Do you think this is the kind of series where the Celtics not only steal this game one, everybody's picking them to probably be worn out and tired and fatigued from that really long series having to put in a lot of minutes. Do you think the Celtics pull off this favorite pick of mine? Or do you think the Celtics are just better than the Heat and dominate from the beginning? What What do you think, Daniel? Yep, so I think uh, the Heat will not probably look as good against a bunch of athletic guards that Boston has. So I think that the Heat easily take game one. I wouldn't say easily. They, they'll take game one. I think you'll see a good uh, game out of Miami coming out game two um, just to kind of even up the series one-to-one. So I think you're going to uh, I think you're gonna see two good first games, but I think you see Boston jump out right away because not that they're more fresh, but they've just played – um, these guys on this team, on this Boston team, is they're not old, so they can bounce back uh, with with no travel pretty quickly. And I think what Miami does is they have a lot of good shooters on uh, a, a pretty decently deep team, um, and I don't think you'll see them get off these good wide-open shots against a really good defensive Boston team who has all these athletic guards. So I, I think Boston is the superior team than Miami. I, I think that Toronto is, is coached really well. And I think they pre, they play old man basketball, if that makes sense to all the, you know, church league basketball people. I think that's <laughs> the style that uh, Toronto plays. And, um, and I think that that's hard to compete against sometime with chemistry. And so uh, I think that's why Toronto is so good. And I think that's why, you know, Boston had a tough, t- tough time with them. But I think that, Boston has an easier matchup against Miami than they did with Toronto. Mm. It is kind of like, you know, we said with the Heat, they were just like dogs. And, right. you know, the Bucks guys were a bunch of, you know, do one thing, yeah, not really kind of an edge team. The Celtics right. got an edge to them. Like this right. is a going to be a pretty rough physical, super entertaining series, I think. Now, Cody, do you think this series is going the distance like the Celtics-Raptors series? Or do you think, like Daniel... Yeah, I think it'll be back and forth. Do you think that, like Daniel said, the Celtics just superior to the Heat, this is like a five- or six-game thing? I think, I think this is going the distance. So you think this is going seven games? Yeah. You think we're going to get a quite lengthy series? I think so. And it's just going to be nip and tuck back and forth the whole way? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, I do want to talk about specific matchups because we haven't really done those. We got some more time with this since we're just focusing on one. Actually, going through some matchups, see how you feel about these. Of course, the X Factor, like, I forgot about this in the Celtics series, and I'm not sure why, but they didn't have Gordon Hayward for it, and they still beat the mm. Raptors. And yep. wow, he, about he's that. kind of the X Factor, right? Because he shores up the bench. Right. They don't have to play Wanamaker so much. And it can Which is super helpful. Now they had to move <laughs> Marcus Smart into the starting lineup and of course was great for them. Yeah, it has, seems to have worked out. I'm kinda curious if Hayward's gonna come back because does that move Smart back to the bench or is he gonna keep starting? Just to kinda keep with the I continuity. I think they'd probably keep with the continuity and let Hayward just pop on off the bench. So Brad Stevens Especially said, coming off an injury. 
Right. That that's the biggest thing is the injury. I, I'd bring him off the bench too. Brad Stevens minutes. Stevens did say that he was coming back. Not sure the actual timetable that he was going to come back into the actual series. But the other thing to it is apparently Hayward said before this whole thing that his wife is pregnant, and right. she is actually due at the end of this month. And Woo. he has said that when she was going to have the child, I believe it's their fourth, that he was going to leave the bubble for the birth of his child. So Smart man. you do have a lot of interesting kind of factors. Now, if this goes a full seven games and she happens to, like, say he comes back in game two and she happens to go and labor early, like, he could miss game six or seven. Or this could be a short series. It's just a lot of speculation. Like, Gordon Hayward is a pretty big X factor to me because I think he just helps. Because after we get into this, these matchups, like one-to-one matchups, we'll talk about the bench and stuff like that because I think that's where mostly where the series is going to be. But just matchup-wise, you've got Gorn Dragic versus Kemba Walker. Mm. I mean, that's, to me, a pretty even matchup. Dragic is yeah. scoring 21 points, 5 assists this playoffs. Kemba is doing 20 points per game, 5 assists. Essentially the same stats. It's just a wash to me. Like, they're both great on offense. They're both liabilities on defense. The kind of caveat is Kemba's never been here before, Right. He's seeing all of this for the first time. This is his first real run to actually make it through the playoffs. Drogic's actually been in a conference finals before. He was on the 2010 Phoenix Suns Western Conference Finals team. Now, he only played like 15 minutes a game, and I think he averaged like six or seven points. But he's been here before, right? I don't know if that really gives an edge to Drogic in this series since it was a decade ago, but at least he's been there because Kemba kind of looked deer in the headlights to me against the Raptors. So I don't know. I, I kind of feel like Kemba's going, Kemba's going to level out here, get some more confidence, and have a breakout series finally. Like I feel like the Celtics fans have been kind of waiting for Kemba to break out and do something. And I think the matchup with the Heat and against Dragic, this is a perfect matchup for him. What do you guys think? Yep, I think uh, I think Kemba breaks out here. Um, I know they are very similar in stat-wise, I guess, but I, I think they play kind of a different style of game. I think uh, Gordon is definitely a slower, kind of more uh, methodical player. Uh, and Kemba is very much fast twitch. And so I, I think they're different. I, I think they'll do the same style of play because I want to say Dragic is a little bit bigger than Kemba, I would imagine, Probably just by looking bit, at yeah. those. I don't know the exact size, but uh, I think he can definitely get a little bit you know, more around him, maybe you know, even post him up at times, but... I think they'll be pretty much similar. I think this is the the closest of the matchups. I don't know what that, the other ones, but I, I would ima- I think this is probably the closest uh, on par with each other. Mm. Yeah, I actually gave the edge to the Celtics on this because that's kind of how I based my prediction for this series. I just kind of looked at these matchup and benches and gave an edge to each particular one. So I actually give the Celtics the edge in this matchup, but barely. Now this mm-hmm. next matchup I give to Jimmy Butler. <laughs> Jimmy Butler, 21 points, 5 rebounds, 4 assists, 
in this playoffs. Currently matched up, if Hayward is out, with Marcus Smart. Right. Marcus Smart's averaged 13 points, five rebounds, four assists this playoffs. Now, Smart is a junkyard dog, but playoff Jimmy, I've said it from the beginning, is just different. But Marcus Smart has single-handedly kept the Celtics in games, especially right. during the Raptors series. So I just give the edge to Jimmy on this one just because he's a little bit of a scorer. Um, and I also like Jimmy when he's locked in. Now, this is another two guys that just first time they're seeing this, right? Now, right. I don't know if Jimmy was here. Did the Bulls make the Eastern Conference Finals when he was there? I can't remember. I I should have looked that up. No, I don't up, think so. But I can't remember. No. But I mean, Smart's been here before with with that Kemba year, right? Or when he when Kemba was out. I don't. Kyrie know. was out when Kyrie. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, they yeah, made the yeah. finals or the Eastern Conference Finals two years ago. Okay, so Smart's been here before. Jimmy, he may have been there with the Bulls, but it's been a while. So, Cody, do you think there is a? Would you agree with Jimmy Butler being a little bit of an edge over Marcus Smart? Oh, I would agree with Jimmy Butler being a lot of bit of an edge over Marcus Smart. Like we're talking about Jimmy Butler versus Marcus Smart. Like that's well, that, easy. Yes, but man, Marcus Smart is a different animal. If he can keep his head, no, in the I, game, he's great defensively. But that's, that's like thing. saying, would I rather have Pat Beverly or Kawhi Leonard? I'd much rather have Kawhi Leonard. Yeah, like but the matchup I think is on the end of, uh, I guess, Miami's end of the um, the court. Because I think it's offensive Jimmy against defensive Marcus Smart. If Marcus Smart can somehow contain Jimmy, I think this is. I think it helps uh, Boston obviously, but I think it helps the matchup because on the other end, Marcus Smart really is just trying to get steals, run out, lay up, stuff like that. He's not really trying to hit a lot of open shots right. for the most part. So I think it's on the offensive end of Miami that this matchup is so important. Jimmy has to take over and maybe get into the head a little bit of Marcus Smart. And, Which is pretty easy to do. He's an emotional player. And that's what's kind of fluid about these matchups. Is like, obviously, each of them are going to guard different people. Like, I honestly expect right. Jalen Brown to start on Jimmy. Right. Marcus Smart on Duncan Robinson, probably. And Jason Tatum can kind of take it easy with Jay Crowder. But you don't think they'll put Marcus Smart on Dragic? Probably Dragic too. They've got to hide Kemba on someone, and we'll talk about Ooh. that probably in a little bit. Yeah. But I'm just trying to match, you know, positionally what you know, kind of how these teams start. So I know it's fluid, but next matchup: Duncan Robinson versus Jalen Brown. Duncan Robinson, 11 points per game this playoff, 40 percent three point shooting in this playoffs, which is actually down from 45% that he shot in the regular season. Jalen Brown scoring 21 points per game, seven rebounds, shooting an abysmal 30% from three. His three-point shot has been terrible this playoffs. Duncan takes almost eight shots per game in the playoffs, and I think 7.2 of them are threes. Like the guy does not <laughs> shoot anything inside of right. the three point line. To me, the biggest X factor of one of the biggest X factors, of course, is Hayward's injury. Actual playing X factor that I look right now is actually Duncan Robinson to me. Hmm. And I think it boils down to if he's going to have a huge series for the Heat or not. If he can keep them honest and get that number back up to the mid-40%, four like he was in the regular season, 
Now, we know that it's tough to do with the defense tightening up, especially in the Eastern Conference Finals, and the Boston Celtics are a very good, versatile perimeter defending team. If he can have that kind of shooting series, I think it's going to be what it takes for them to actually advance and knock off the Celtics. Would you agree with that, Daniel, that Duncan Robinson is actually pivotal? Or do you think it's more of Tyler Harrow and Duncan Robinson together? Yeah, I think it's whoever's open and is able to actually make the shots when they're open because I think with Boston, you switch almost every position. And so with that being said, that I know we're talking mainly about the one-on-one matchups, but you know, if somebody uh, – I think eventually you're going to see more of Kimba on like a Duncan Robinson, but really if they – if Drogic or Jimmy or anybody uh, tries to pick for Duncan and brings them back to the ball, they're just going to switch. So I think the Boston team is the most fluid defensively because they can switch almost every position and feel comfortable with it. And so unless it's Kimba on somebody, but realistically Kimba has enough agility and speed that he can stay in front of somebody if he needs to and chase around picks. So I don't think it's, necessarily one I think it is mainly the the younger guys that hit those open shots because they're gonna pay a lot of attention to Jimmy and bam Mm. and so I think those are the two most important people on their team the rest of the guys just have to hit the shots when they're open and I think that they just I don't know if it's Hero or Duncan but I think those guys are gonna have a lot of more open shots than the other players because I think the the defense will be surrounded against Jimmy and Bam. Good points. I, Cody, I have Jalen Brown. I give this edge to the Celtics in this matchup. Jalen's averaging 21 points per game in his playoffs and is not shooting the three ball well at all. If Jalen Brown turns the three around and gets this up to 24 to 25 points in this series, does this mean the Celtics could sweep? Or do you think if Jalen Brown does do that three-point shot gets better it's still going to go the distance i think it's still a tough series because like i mean you think about like the thing about miami is like everybody on that team can shoot you were just talking about how duncan robinson is shooting like 40 percent from three and shoots seven threes a game right so like that's pretty solid like he's shooting over seven threes a game so he's making like between three and four of them you know per game um so and then you have um Tyler Hero and like I mean everybody on the heat that shoots is just you know there's a lot of people to guard um and like you know Daniel was saying everybody can switch everything which is very helpful for for the Celtics but at the same time like if they're just going to be able to hit them from wherever they're still just gonna be able to hit them from wherever there's going to be open shots for people from time to time so mm-hmm. you got to defend against a three I think it'll be a I think it'll be a tight series the whole way. The whole way. I just think, yeah, I don't think I don't think anyone's running away hmm. uh, in the series. Now, I think the Heat have shown us underestimating them as stupid. I think that's a very good point. <laughs> We've done it round by round, and still, <laughs> here yeah. they are. We yeah. can sit here and we can talk about how the Celtics are going to win, but the Heat are still going to make it interesting, and we're going to be sitting here next week going, you think the Heat could win this? <laughs> They're up 3-1. This is weird. How'd this happen? God, yeah. I hate <laughs> think the Heat might win the finals this year? Now, next matchup, Jay Crowder versus Jason Tatum. I don't know how this could be more lopsided. 
Jay Crowder, Jay Crowder, 13 man. points per game, six rebounds, shooting a blistering 40% from three in this playoffs. Who would have thought Jay Crowder would shoot 40% from three ever in his career? Jason Tatum, <laughs> 25 points, 10 rebounds, four assists in the playoffs. Crowder is shooting exclusively from three, just like Duncan Robinson. He's attempting mm. eight threes per game in the playoffs. And hitting 40% of them. Now, unfortunately, he's going against a guy who has been a revelation this playoffs. Jason Tatum has been much more aggressive. He's been going to the basket, averaging almost seven free throw attempts per game. When things get bogged down for the Celtics, like we talked at length about the Raptors, he has been the one to bail them out, or at least attempt to. So he has really kind of vaulted himself up from that, you know, oh, he's 19, this is crazy, to now he's 22, I think. And he is the guy they go to in the crunch in the playoffs. It's a crazy ascension, and not only is he doing it well, he's efficient and putting up good numbers. So... Mm -hmm. I do think that Jason Tatum is a little predictable still in his moves, and they look herky-jerky. He's not like Kawhi, where he knows what spot he needs to get to and can set himself up to get there. But he's 22, right? He's got (laughs) six to eight more years to finally get to that spot. And just saying that out loud is absolutely insane. Right. Because the guy is 22, right? You'd think he'd have this down now by 24, 25. And, like, I don't know the last time we saw a player like that who had it at 24, 25 was who, Cody? Uh, KD. KD? Kobe Bryant? Yeah. Kobe Bryant, yeah. He, he's so People like that. He's so reminiscent to Kobe Bryant to me. It's absolutely oh, ridiculous. Yeah. He's, he's the second youngest player to – I forgot what the stat line was. I think it's 25 and 10 or something like that. It's, it was like, tw- yeah, whatever it was, it was like 25 and some rebounds and assists. He's the youngest player to do that since Kobe Bryant. I do think it's interesting. I'm not sure who guards him. I assume it's by committee. But I would assume Jimmy Butler starts on him. I assume. And then the rotation on him is Jay Crowder just to kind of be physical with him. And then Andre Iguodala, obviously, off the bench. Aggie will be kind of the try-to-be-savvy veteran on him. But he's just going to get abused, right, Daniel? Yes. I I think you see AI or Iguodala, whatever you want to call him, negative 12 is what I call him. Um, <laughs> I, I, I think you see <laughs> I think you see him get abused, um, taken advantage of. And I see. I think you see Jay Crowder come back to earth in this series because he's going to have a lot to do with Jason Tatum, and I, I think he's going to be have his hands full to where all these open shots where he's able to free flow and all this, you know, the basket. No, I, I think he comes back down to earth here, and he looks like the Memphis Grizzlies just throwing up as many shots as he possibly can <laughs> for the uh, his garbage, you know, his shots, whatever. R.I.P. So, whatever. R.I.P. Yep. Yeah, I get See you the, later. <laughs> I definitely give the edge to the Celtics in this matchup. Now the final matchup, I give the edge to the Heat. That's Bam Adebayo against Daniel Tice. Bam, sixteen points per game, twelve rebounds, five assists in this playoffs. Crazy awesome numbers for a twenty one or twenty two year old. 
Daniel Tice, nine points per game, six rebounds. Bam has been kind of like their small ball, does everything from the high post, pass, move. Everything kind of runs through him if it gets bogged down. His offensive rebound to me in this series is going to be huge. Can he have games where the passing and reading the motion offense not there? Yeah. I mean, those all those turnovers they had in that one Bucks game where they were just throwing the ball over the court, he was just misreading movements and passing. So I don't know if Daniel Tice and will the switchability, quote-unquote, of the Celtics affect Bam in running the offense through the high post like that. I'm not sure. I don't think so. But I think if the Celtics are going to do anything, they're going to try to turn Bam into a perimeter shooter. Daniel, I'll shift the question to you. Do you think the best route for the Celtics is to keep Bam out of the perimeter, I mean out of the paint, and try to force him and coax him to shoot outside shots? Are they going to be able to goat him into doing that? Man, um, I, I don't know how you do that on the defensive end. Because if Bam wants to post up, he wants to post up. The only thing you could do is just kind of go over him, but I don't think you can. I don't think you can play over him and him not get lobs to the basket. Um, I think that's going to be tough. I, I think on the defensive end or, or on the offensive end for the Celtics, I think what you try to do is you know bring Tice out a little bit and make him run pick and rolls to where that puts Bam in the pick and roll. Uh, it makes him work a little bit harder. I don't know how you make a team do something they don't want to do if he wants to post up, uh, just personally. I don't know how you can coax him into doing that. So mm. um, I don't know if that's possible because – but honestly, you know, if that's the way they want to play, Bam's not going to go for 30 every game. He might right. go one out of seven, maybe one. And at that point – the game is slowed down. There's not wide open three point shots, which you know swings the momentum a lot. I feel like sometimes. So if that's the way they want to play, is throw it down to the post by all means. Post up because we'll put in Enos Canner to foul you every other time and just completely <laughs> slow down this game. Getting Enos exciting. Uh, yeah, he's got yeah, and we'll even put in Taco Fall if you really want to do that. <laughs> we'll figure it out from there. Um, so that's, yeah, I don't know how you make somebody do that, but if, if that's the way they want to play, I, I, I think that's bad news. I give that edge obviously to the heat. Now right. moving to the benches, I actually give the edge to the heat to on the bench unit. If Gordon Hayward is not going to be back for the entirety of the series, which it looks like he's not going to. It's I mean, disrespectful to Brad Wanamaker. The heat really rely on their bench. Obviously, Tyler Harrow averaging 15 points per game in the playoffs. He's shooting 40% from three. And that's it. <laughs> they rely on Iguodala. Everyone on their team shoots 40% from three. <laughs> they rely on uh, Kelly Olenek. Like, okay. These are players they actually rely on. They rely on Iggy. Mm. Are we going to see... More Kendrick Nunn this series because he was actually successful earlier in the season and in the bubble against the Celtics. Do you think we see Kendrick Nunn, Daniel? I think Kendrick Nunn's season is all but in the past. Mm. I, I think he might see limited time in this series again. I don't think he sees much. Um, 
because they're gonna go with they're gonna go with an eight man unit. Just being honest, and so Hero's obviously gonna play as a six guy, and Eagle Dollar because they trust him and they paid him a lot of money, and Kelly Olynyk just because they need somebody to spell Bam. Personally, they don't want to go too small, and so I don't see how in the world. Kendrick Nunn plays much. He might play 10 minutes a game, maybe. And mm. that would be the max I would put it at. Would you agree, Cody, that you would give the heat the edge on bench play? Or do you think the Celtics have enough pieces to kind of match it? No, I give the Cel- the, the heat the edge on the bench. Unless Gordon – if Gordon Hayward's back, then it's the, the Celtics because that's like – that's like when the Lakers had Lamar Odom coming off of the bench. Like that's like a super, a super six man. Okay, so you think if Hayward's back, more interesting. He's a super six, <laughs> yeah. super six. Now let's get to the actual predictions of this, right? This is what everybody listened for 30, 40 minutes for just to hear this. <laughs> they probably scrolled through everything. I'm kind of interested. I've got a couple thoughts. Bounce them off of you guys. Will the NBA or the previous NBA Finals experience from Eric Spolstra, Andre Iguodala, and Udonis Haslam give the Heat a slight edge in this series? Could mm. that help push them over the edge against the Celtics, who are obviously very young still? It kind of have has always felt like a learning curve for the Celtics, right? Like. Won the first round series pretty easy. Played a really tough, really physical, obviously super veteran, previous year champs in the Raptors and got through that. And now they're in the Eastern Conference Finals a team with a team they had success against in the regular season. Is it a kind of too fast, too soon thing, too young for the Celtics? Do you think the Heat have an advantage with their championship experience from key guys? No. I I, I think the Celtics are, are, are fine. They're actually a little bit older than the Heat because of the Heat, depending on, you know, a hero and Duncan Robinson and even Bam, who hasn't played many years. Was this his second year? Third. Uh, Third? Let's see. He anyway, with, first three years, we'll say. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, I think you easily give the edge to the Celtics, even though they haven't even been there. But I think because Brad Stevens is a good coach that I would trust. I I don't I don't see LeBron. I don't see Dwayne Wade. Yeah, you still see Udonis Haslam for whatever reason. I think he's a cheap assistant. Um. <laughs> that that's yeah. I I don't I don't give that edge to the Heat at all because, um, Jimmy really hasn't done anything in the playoffs for the most part. Um, and so, you know, I, I think they're all the same. So I give the edge to the Celtics for sure. So you, it's your prediction the Celtics win this series. Yes. What do you have them in? Six. Celtics in six. Cody, yeah. I pivot to you. Mm-hmm. What do you think about those thoughts? Is there an advantage or the Celtics just too good? Um, I think the Celtics win it in seven games. Ooh, so you are all aboard the Celtics train. Choo-choo. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is that I will predicated? Ride with, is that I will ride with my favorite player, Jason Tatum, until the wheels fall off. 
is that predicated on Gordon Hayward coming back? If Gordon Hayward nope. did not come back, would you change your mind? I would not. I still think it's the Celtics in seven. Wow. This is going to be a sweep for us because Woo! I actually have the Celtics in six. I just think the Celtics are too versatile. They can actually match up with the Heat. They're more physical and competitive. They got a lot more they can do on offense instead of just the Heat can make a wall against Giannis and stop everybody else. Can't do that against the Celtics, I don't think. I think you get a big Kemba series. I think Gordon Hayward will be back and will have a pivotal moment. I think the Celtics win this because they are the better team and they make the finals. So I agree with everyone. We are all on the Celtics train. Now, before we move on to our final thing, I do have one kind of quick caveat to this. It does feel like kind of the series where one kind of not no name, but like periphery role player has a huge moment in the series. Like we usually get those every year, right? Like last year it was Fred Van Vliet, and now all of a sudden he's yeah. this guy. The year before, can't remember. But <laughs> but we usually have this kind of role piece that isn't a household name, but he has a huge moment. Cody, to put you on the spot, from either team, if you had to expect one guy to have a big moment in this series that is an unheralded name, what would be your guess on who it would be? An unheralded name in this series. I would roll with my other guy, Duncan Robinson. Mm. So you think Duncan Robinson could have a moment in this playoffs? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. a game-winning three or overtime? Oh, yeah. Overtime or, he just, or he just has like a 27-point game where he just lights out from three. Just, he does like a weird Clay Thompson thing where he scores like 100 points on negative two dribbles. <laughs> I like that pick. Daniel, same question to you. Yep, so um, I think this is one that might surprise you a little bit, but I think somebody that would be very important because I think in the end um, Miami has a really good player in the post, and I think to combat him, I think you might need somebody such as the Time Lord. Ooh. And that would be Robert Williams III. Okay. And I think he has a big game, and uh, or a big game, and maybe a couple games um, to spell Daniel Tice because he's very good defensively. I think he matchups body wise with Bam, and I think he can actually score a lot better than Daniel Tice in the post. Um, and so I think you see the Time Lord revenge against the Heat. <laughs> <laughs> I like that pick. I'm actually going to pick. Kelly Olenek for me. Get out of here. I think, <laughs> <laughs> I think Kelly... Somebody turn off his mic. I think Kelly Olenek could have a weird, like, third quarter where he scores, like, 18 points, you know? Like, Kelly Olenek, to me, has a kind of a weird, like, 12 to 15-point corner in him that we're just so confused how this happened and what is going on. And then he's gone, and we never see him again for the rest of the series. But we will have a Kelly Olenek moment. I can promise you that. <laughs> a good five minutes. A good five-minute, <laughs> eight-point run, and we will be shocked. And it will keep <laughs> the heat in a game. <laughs> but we all have Celtics in 
six or seven, so it's a moot point for the Heat. Yeah. Magical run will end here. What a great season for them. Great bubble restart, great playoff run, and really solid looking for the future, especially when they add Giannis. <coughs> I'm sorry. Did I say that? <laughs> uh, final thing before we go. I've got a new uh, – we like to do a lot of, quote, unquote, blank corners. Uh, so I made up a new one for you guys because there's a specific reason why, and I'm sure you know what it is, but just humor me a little bit. This is called D- Corner. And this is basically, I have a couple names here, and we're going to choose who was the biggest dick of the bubble restart and the playoffs. Any interest at all? Everybody looks dead. I'm, I'm in. I'm Let's very interested. It. I'm watching <laughs> the Cowboys. Damn. Sorry. I just missed the pass. Not good. I'm watching the Cowboys game, and you're talking about d- I really liked watching Dak throw it at people's knees. It's been really funny to watch. Nominee number one, Patrick Beverly. For all the stuff he has done, Mm. being a dog, not really showing up, always being injured and just being a loudmouth. Option number two, or candidate number two, Marcus Smart. For all of his flopping, and it's gregarious, it's terrible. Maybe I should have done... uh, Sorry, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> gregarious sorry. i was like marcus was, smart yeah. is not what i would call gregarious <laughs> yeah. sorry i'm trying to get through this real quick <laughs> you're gregarious yeah you are i should have put this guy with him because it's the same reason uh candidate number three kyle lowry uh, for ooh. all the flopping he- <laughs> i'm trying not to say like kyle lowry huge because I, I think it probably just sounds weird. But I like that you said it, though, already. So I'm hoping that that'll stay in there so I can cut the sound and we can just throw that into podcasts in the future. Kyle Lowry, not only for his flopping, but for complaining about every single call. And the funniest thing, well, maybe it wasn't funny, but it was funny to me. When he got absolute, like his nuts got absolutely obliterated by that knee on the layup he challenged, and while he was in the air clutching his nuts, he gave the signal for a review replay, <laughs> a challenge. <laughs> One of the greatest things I've seen in sports. Man was man was ready for a replay after his nuts exploded. <laughs> Candidate number four, both Morris twins. Oh. You get a two-for-one for both of them. One of them trying to intentionally injure Luka Doncic. And the other one for just being an annoying gets a tech every once in a while for the Lakers and Marquise. The fifth. This is what we're all here for. <laughs> Nick Nurse. <laughs> Whose number is, do we have a number six? No, we don't have a six. Oh, I have a can I make a nomination? Hold on, let me get through Nick Nurse's nomination here. No, no, I'll let you get through Nick Nurse's, but I have a nomination as well. For not only being the most annoying coach, sideline coach there is in sports. Mm. He does so mm. many stupid theatrics that I hate. But the mm. main reason is because he's on here is because he stood in the corner on the court in game six or whatever it was, and Jason Tatum passed it to him, and he pimp-walked it off like he was the smartest man alive. Cody, who's your nomination? My nomination is Daniel House. Whoa. Whoa. For literally literally (laughs) putting his (laughs) in a corner. 
I don't know if that's true or not. What I do know is when you are in, when you are playing in the Western Conference semifinals, and your team has a shot to make the Western Conference finals, you don't break protocol and get kicked off of the NBA. Like this guy got expelled from the NBA. He literally got sent home. He, he li- they literally said we we're done with you. Get out. He was such a dick that they told him to GTFO. Can you imagine you finding out your husband is a scumbag from Adam Silver? Maybe that even sucks. just a press release. That sucks. Probably not. I mean, I doubt Adam Silver called like not the personally. When a soldier dies. <laughs> right. Yeah. Ooh. Okay. Maybe. A, yeah. Anyways. Oh, that was kind of dark. Maybe we cut. Very that dark. Who is your choice, Cody? Who is the corner champion? You know, Patrick Beverly, I think, has given Daniel House a run for his money, but I think Daniel House choosing um, whatever he chose over the team when you are being paid lots of money to play basketball and follow rules, um, I think Daniel House takes the cake. That's just like... See, not is, not only nominated your own person for my bit, you chose him. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. Because I, while, I while I do see your point with Nick Nurse, I just think that like until they make a rule against it, he's just kind of being smart. <laughs> like, it's like everybody complains about James Harden, but they haven't told him to stop doing it yet. Daniel? So, like... <laughs> So until they tell him to stop doing it, like he's just making efficient use of the rules that are currently provided, which are standing on the court, which is actually a rule illegally. You cannot do. Was that. not standing on the. court. He was on no the court. Do it. He was literally not, no in one, the third no in the one, corner. He was behind. He was not on the court. You look. His left foot is on the court, in between the lines. Okay, I'll look. I'll he look, is in the I'll court. Look. Daniel. Okay. Daniel. Yep, so I would choose Daniel House as well, but I'm not going to. <laughs> oh, um, hey. I, I would choose him, not but I'm not. Not my segment. Best nomination. <laughs> because that is stupid and bad on a personal level and a uh, business level. But to uh, to tickle your fancy a little bit here, uh, there, Ryan, I'm going to choose little tickle pickle in the, the Morris Twins. <laughs> Because one, you get a two for one. Nothing better than a two for one. Um, but <laughs> we're multiples earlier. <laughs> when you can get two for one, dicks, you got to take it. <laughs> but my—that's what Daniel always says. My reason is because I pickup. feel like whatever Morris twin it is that tried to hurt Luca and do some—that's just BS and not needed. And the other one. I just think he runs his mouth too much. Always gets stupid texts, hurts his team that way. I think he is not that good either. Um, so, yeah, both the Morris twins, get out of here, you d- And the one Morris twin told Paul Millsap to go ahead and go home and pack his bags, and now they're in a game seven. Well done. Right. Yep. Yeah, well done. That was, uh, stupid. That was double d- Danny with this week's <laughs> of the week. It's going to be a lot of bleeps in this segment, but I had a lot of fun doing it. Anything yeah. to plug before we go? Uh, I think Double D Danny's all plugged up. DDD. Triple D. All plugged up. It's not diners, drive-ins, and dives. That's a different flavor town. Cody, where can people find you at on Twitter? Um, that is going to be at Cody underscore Halsey. 
I am at RD Meadows 11. We are at Free Basketball 3. Follow us. Add us. Tell your friends. Share it. We are part right. of the Lead Sports Media Group at the Lead SM. Daniel, anything yep. to plug for you? Yep, you can find me at Daniel Greer. Uh, you can also find some of the stuff that I write or I'm on uh, at Grizz underscore lead. Um, and so just like you said earlier, rate, review, uh, follow us on Twitter, trying to pump up the Twitter thing. So tell your friends uh, and don't forget, take your grandma's phone and follow us. <laughs> The weirdest thing that you try to get people just, to do. Just go to grandma's house. <laughs> get a phone. Sneak in grandma's house at midnight. Turn on the downloads for our... What? Like, uh, well, we will be back soon, probably in a day or two, to talk about the Western Conference Finals after we get an actual Game 7 finale here. Nuggets between the Clippers. So we will have... Um, one individual breakdown before that series starts. So be looking out for that. Hope everyone enjoys the conference finals and enjoy the return of football.